The following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Comey Snake. Welcome to Escape from New York Minute, where we celebrate and analyze the dystopian classic One Minute at a Time. I am Molly Balin. And I am Eric Deutsch. And we welcome Sean German, a very prolific Movies by Minutes podcaster and the host of the Next Scene podcast. Oh, Molly, Eric, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for being here. Oh, absolutely. I'm very excited. I love this movie. I'm loving the podcast and uh, can't wait to dive in. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you were diving in at minute 76, and minute begins, Romero calls bullshit on Brain's explanation as to why he needs to see the president. Brain and Maggie dispatch the Duke's men, and Snake notices where his sweet bracelet got to and is given some brand new weapons for the next round in the ring. Yeah, goodbye, Romero. (laughs) (laughs) What a great character, but you had to know he was not going to survive the movie. Yeah, it's a bummer. And it happens kind of quick, which I guess, yeah. you know, he's a, yeah. you know, he's a speedy dude. So I guess you'd have to be quick if you're going to, you know, pull one over. But yeah, rest in peace, Romero. Yeah, well, it, 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 the situation calls for it. It's definitely you want to, you know, Brain and Maggie want to get these, you know, these guys out of the way pretty quickly to get away with the president and hopefully not alert anyone else. But uh, yeah, yeah, Romero was, you know, live fast, die fast. Probably the way he would have wanted to go. (laughs) And what a great death. That noise he makes. I mean, one of the greatest death noises in movie history. Just that. (laughs) I can't even do it. This this weird exhale that almost certainly was um, Frank Doubleday ad-libbing again. Because in the script, (laughs) the script specifically says he opens his mouth to scream and nothing comes out. So the fact that he makes this really freaky noise he must have done that on his own mm. yeah and he has this really like combination of shock and sadness on his face as he goes down which is painful to look at as well yeah, he does seem genuinely surprised it's like you know okay i knew brain was up to something but I didn't think this was it. Like, I didn't think I was going to, I thought I was going to live. Like, haven't you been watching this movie brain? No, we all saw this coming, but he's like, no, I'm the hero. I'm the, you know, I'm the protagonist. I can't die yet. The movie's not over. Oh, poor brain. Yeah. And our three goons get it. And, um, I, I love the look on Maggie's face. After she fires, it's just there's a like a little bit of a smirk that's just like, yeah, three shots. Well, I, I think there's four shots, but she's like, yeah, I, I took those three guys out pretty, pretty quickly. You know, brain only gets one. It's like, I don't know if they're they're keeping score like Lord of the Rings style, um, <laughs> Gimli and, and, and Legolas. But um, if they were, Maggie'd be up. Well, it is interesting because we've talked a bunch of times about how Maggie is is brain's muscle. Um, and we had, you know, other than her pulling the knife out when Snake was threatening him and a little bit, uh, when they were in the car driving down Broadway, that's all we ever really got to see her in that role. And so 
here is when we really get to see her in full force, just like blow these three guys away without even a thought. And yeah, just very, very pleased with herself. Yeah, because it's, I mean, even at their relatively close range, they're indoors and in this room, but even at close range, not easy. Right. Um, so that's, you know, she's worth keeping around. She's not just a pretty face. <laughs> and Brain, I mean, who, when they were in the car driving down Broadway, who wouldn't even hold the gun that Snake handed him, and we sort of goofed on him a bit, showing here when, if he has to, he will get his hands dirty. Oh, literally. And, I mean, this is kind of intense because, like, it, it almost feels like a, a workplace squabble because these guys have been working together for a while. So they, like, know each other. And so that's also kind of, you know, that's that's serious. I mean, I don't know if this is, like, the B team that's watching the president because they don't exactly seem like the A-team ninjas, right, that have been put on this detail with Romero. But... You know, at the same time, I'm just like, do you do you guys like know these guys? Like if you do you have barbecues? Like does the Duke have like summertime barbecues together and we're gonna get the team together and you know, like because you know you're human beings, so you mm-hmm. you know develop like relationships, working relationships. So it's a it's an intense way to go down. Though I wonder if that if that helps because not everybody's nice to brain. So, you know, on the one hand, killing someone you know versus just an anonymous henchman. But on the other hand, probably doesn't like these people very much and probably feels like a little good, like, uh, who's making fun of who now? <laughs> right. Or maybe, right. And that- <laughs> maybe I'm just telling you too much about my workplace. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about you, Sean. It's about the movie. It's about the movie. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, I think about that with Maggie that, you know, like, I don't know. Does she know these guys really well? Has she been working with them for a while? Or are these just random assholes, you know? So it's kind of like, hey, I feel good about blowing you away. Or is it, you know, they've been jerks in the past. So this is, like, extra supportive, extra. This is, like, an extra bonus for her, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't have to work with you again. I'm getting out of here. It's awesome. Yeah, I think that, I, I think. For Maggie, I think it kind of doesn't... I think she doesn't care. Like, I think it doesn't matter if she knows these guys or not. She wants to get out. Her way out is Brain and the President, and she's going to do whatever it takes. She could care less, you know? she, she These guys might have been three of the guys who were nice to her. They might be three guys she doesn't even know. I think that um, she probably doesn't even give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cold. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's cold. Yeah. Huh? It's a cold world. Yeah. I do like how there's the guy at the far left when we start this minute out who has like a face wrapping and a head wrapping and sunglasses on. Like he just like has been out in the sun and he's really, <laughs> he gets burnt really easily and he's just really taking a lot of precaution. <laughs> he's been, he burns really easily. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know who that is? Is that like, could that be, is that an actor who doesn't want to be recognized or, you know, someone like just, you know, they didn't have someone who didn't go through makeup. They just like, oh, we need another henchman, you know, you cameraman, put this, wrap this around your head and get in this corner. And when she pulls the trigger, pretend to die. Yeah. We have bemoaned before that. Unfortunately, this it's been, we've been able to identify very few of the background actors because IMDb they're all like thug number three gypsy number five stuff like that and it's just 
without headshots or anything like that, and it's been almost impossible to figure out who any of these actors are. Yeah, yeah. Or just, you know, it's he's trying to stand out. <laughs> it's like, oh man, you know, I need a I need a gimmick. Like I want to move up in this criminal organization. You know, I really want I want the Duke to notice me. I need a you know, I need a gimmick. I know I'll be the head wrap guy who wears sunglasses at night indoors for some reason. <laughs> well, I mean, keeping with all the, the nicknames everyone's got, you know, yeah, for you know, his nickname might be like you know, Scarface or something like that. You know? Scarface! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. That's, I second that. <laughs> that's that's now canon. Okay. <laughs> Guy yes. on the left equals Scarface. Okay. <laughs> the president, during the first 15 seconds or so of this scene, as all these people are getting killed around him, once again, sitting there completely emotionless. I mean, it's, you know, it's like nothing is going on around him. He's just kind of sitting there. And it's not until Brain cuts him free, all of a sudden he comes alive and he rips the wig off and chucks it down on the ground. It's like as long as he's captured, he's just completely passive. And as soon as he's out, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I I did wonder about that because the the cover story is that brain is, you know, it's, oh, he's got cyanide capsules, so he's kind of searching the clothes for hidden capsules. And now the president's just sitting there. And at this point, it's it's not like he's in on the plan. He doesn't know brain is there to rescue him. I assume he knows that he doesn't actually have any capsules. So he's got to think something's up. Um, You know, he's just. Is he is he just such a cool customer? He's like, you know what? I'm just going to see how this plays out. I think that based on previous scenes and our previous discussions of those scenes, I think he is just a completely broken man who has no backbone left. That's a nice way of putting it. I was going to call him a weenie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, they've yeah. He's he's been through some stuff, so I, you could forgive yeah. him. He just kind of like. I'm just going to go to my happy place and, (laughs) you know, I'm just going away. I'm going inside now. But then once it looks like he's got a shot, because he, well, the first thing he does when his hand is free is like pull off the wig. Right. Which I'm like, "Ah, I don't know if I care at the wig at this point, but, um, you know, he pulls off the wig and he gets a look of determination, but it is a, a really quick change from, like you said, like that blank look, like he's just, yeah, completely given up to... To a yes, you know, his second life or a second wind. Because it's also interesting that because he doesn't know what's going on, and because this this guy comes in who says you know he might have cyanide capsules, and the president is mind like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And they suddenly killed everyone, and they're cutting him loose. I mean, I guess he probably is assuming they're breaking him out, but he doesn't know that for sure. I mean, for all he knows, these people are kidnapping him so that they can use him instead of the duke. You know? Yeah, there could be um, yeah, some rival gangster or right. you know, rival to the Duke or, yeah. So it's interesting that he does immediately get, you know, defined and chuck the wig and, you know, with the assumption that, you know, oh, these people are probably here to help me. Right. No, that's a really good point because he doesn't know that for sure right, right now. And we will see, I think, a little bit of that in the next minute. I think that yeah. gives also justification to kind of what happens there, too. Um and I don't know, can you remind me, because like, as I'm looking at this particular minute, it doesn't look like Brain actually cuts him free. He is unknotting the rope 
around his wrist. And so he's, you know, but he seems to come free really easily, which also is kind of humorous to me. So I don't know if he start (laughs) because like, you know, he couldn't cut him through, you know, cut him loose because Romero was right there with the mannequin. So it just seems like it was, it was a pretty easy unnodding job. Like somebody did kind of a shitty job of nodding him up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I see. yeah, okay, yeah, right. He is, he's, and actually, you're right, because Brain's only using one hand to undo the knot, which any kind of complex knot, you need two hands. So it almost looks like the president could have slipped his arms right out of those knots, frankly. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and it could be just that, you know, he's being watched. There are people in the room, and the, the knot just needs to be, you know, the rope just needs to be knotted enough to slow him down that they would notice if he tries to mm. escape. And, you know, it's really, it's one of those flimsy bike locks that, like, okay, if someone's really determined, it's not going to stop them, but it does send that message of hands-off kind of thing where, mm. yeah. yeah. And also, it may have been, I don't, uh, I don't remember if we see them tie him up so it may have been like because he's checked out because he's so traumatized from you know the target practice getting shot at and everything else that he wasn't struggling so they're like yeah this you know this guy isn't fighting back anymore we really don't need to tie him too tight yeah that's mm. a good complacent right right it's amazing how like how quickly if you have any kind of out to not do your job very well, you'll just go ahead and take it. Even when the stakes are really high. <laughs> yeah. good, good henchmen are hard to find. That's they really the are. <laughs> you would think in prison, you at least find a few people, but you know, well, you know, yeah. So yeah, we switch back to uh, slag and snake here back in the ring. Yeah. So I guess this is a, uh, this is round two and you get the weapons upgrade. Yeah. Yep, and it's a great visual gag of him getting the weapons upgrade. We just uh, we see someone grab the bat out of his hand. We actually don't even see someone grab the bat. We just see it the just bat disappears. It yeah, just disappears <laughs> the end of his hand. It's things like you know what the hell's going on here. And suddenly there's a, a a garbage can stuck in his hand, and then just this great visual gag of the spiked bat just slam right in front of him. Just put it. Yeah. Even even as a little kid, I always thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it totally yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. I, obviously, Slag knows the deal. Like, we see him. He throws his bat down because he knows, you know, what's coming up. And right. there's, like, Snake's like, just what? Whatever. <laughs> what's, what is it this time? <laughs> <laughs> and Snake is just completely shot. I mean, he is just, you know... He's running on empty, and the thing is, remember, we mentioned a few episodes ago in the book that Hauk gave Snake a chunk of crystal meth to mm-hmm. use as an energy boost, and that it, but he loses it when the Duke captures him. And so the book says later on that he's just so wasted from this fight and losing blood throughout the course of this movie and just the constant running around that basically his body has just blocked out the pain at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and this is this is something Kurt Russell I th- I feel is, is particularly good at. He's good at losing fights, um, <laughs> and and somehow he you know he always comes back. He's usually playing the hero and the good guy, and he comes out and he wins in the end. But he, through the process, he's he's so good at just kind of like this exasperated, um, like yeah, just tired and okay. What what is it next? And I'm you know I'm going to deal with it because you know I'm Snake. I'm Jack Burton, you know, whatever comes down the line, I know I'm going to win in the end, but does it have to be so hard? You know, <laughs> until the end comes, it, why has it got to be so hard kind of thing? 
Um, so yeah, just, I definitely get the feeling and I don't know if they had him like running, you know, had Kurt Russell, like running laps around the studio before they shot the scene or something, but (laughs) I bite like this guy is exhausted and I definitely believe it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do love that. They have these like cheetah animal print pelts in the corners for comfort. Mm -hmm. They've gone that extra mile to do that. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> yeah, you well, can kind of see. Oh, yeah. sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, this is this is their entertainment. Like, I mean, part of this is, oh, you know, you, we're, we're, we want to make sure the, you know, the plan is to have Snake lose and he ends up dead. But it, but if, if that was all it is, you can just put a bullet in his head or something like you. You can make a guy dead really quick. The purpose of, of going through this is to entertain so you want to, yeah, dress up the ring a little bit, make it fancy, keep the, you know, keep the people happy, give the people what they want. Mm. <laughs> and Molly, I know you mentioned it looks like a cheetah print, but let's be honest, this is New York City prison. That's that's raccoon and squirrel pelt. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, raccoon or possum or, or some of those uh, Central Park rats. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. As the, unless they left the cheetah behind in the Central Park Zoo or something, that is no. Oh, <laughs> oh. Well, I would hope they would. I would have hoped they'd take the animal, like let the animals <laughs> out of the zoo before they turn the island into a prison. You would hope so. I would hope so, but you know, we. Did, I guess animal rights weren't as big a thing in the eighties as they are now. <laughs> so maybe, right? Yeah. yeah. Was- oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I know this is like a Walking Dead thing, but uh, I mean, I can see one of these guys like having a zoo animal, you know, like just with them just to be badass, like the Duke mm-hmm. having a cheetah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, the Duke would have a leopard. Oh, he would. Yeah, yeah. he totally would. would be pretty badass. Well, hey, there's another Walking Dead uh, connection, of course, the, the, the deadly baseball bat with sharp yeah. things coming out of it. Yes, yes. So, Molly, you mentioned that uh, in the intro that Snake sees his tracer. And, yeah, there's our good friend, uh, Red Bandana Gypsy, continuing to play a major role in this movie. He indeed is wearing the tracer with the all-important safety catch that Halk was so proud of. (laughs) Uh, And slight difference from the script. In the script, for some reason, they have him wearing it on a chain around his neck. I'm not really sure why the script would have been written that way. I'm kind of glad they kept it normal and just had it around his wrist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's, you know, that, that's our snake. He's, um, you know, he's in shape. He can fight. He's trying, you know, he's, he's doing pretty good against slack here, but he's also got his eyes open. He's looking, he's observing what's around him. He's thinking, he's planning, he's wondering, he's assuming he's going to live. And then what am I going to do next after I beat this guy somehow? Right. <laughs> So it's very important for you know listeners out there if you're ever in a you know a, a murder dome situation you gotta <laughs> you gotta plan ahead you gotta think okay what what's next your old old buddy Snake Plissken here yeah it's it it goes back to we've mentioned this a bunch of times where uh, back when he first landed the Gulf the Gulf fire on top of the World Trade Center and he was mm-hmm. like I'll figure out later how I'm going to take off it's just he's living for the next sixty seconds he makes note of the tracer he's like all right. I'll figure out how to deal with that later. First, I got to take out this big oaf, and then I'll figure out what to do about the tracer. Mm-hmm. I do like that. It's just at the very, very end of this minute when he gets his quote unquote shield, which I think looks like a 
trash can lid, basically, yeah, like yeah, an old yeah. school. There's some blood streaks on it, which I think is, I mean, it's gross, but it's awesome. Because again, <laughs> like that psychological warfare sort of sense of like, we're not even going to bother to like wipe this off. We're just going <laughs> to leave somebody else's fluids on it for the next round. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're not worried about hepatitis or anything. I mean, <laughs> right. It's just like, I don't know. Like, I just, I hope, yeah, I hope you had all your shots before you came in here. You know, yeah. like, do you have yeah. a tetanus? When was your last tetanus shot? It's something I'm sure they did not ask him before this fight started. Right. <laughs> Bloodborne pathogens, I don't think is a big priority in Manhattan prison. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a positive. There's no OSHA there. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no one's coming in to check the ergonomics of uh, of the shield or anything. They're like, yeah, just, you make do. Yeah. These these ropes on the ring here are not up to proper safety standards. Someone could get hurt on these ropes. <laughs> or that bell is that bell a little rusty? You know, is there a little some sharp edges there? Is that a health hazard? Well, yeah, and shouldn't like uh, you know anyone working ringside like our uh, you know the, our red bandana gypsy like shouldn't they be wearing uh, latex gloves or something? Yeah, you know if you watch yeah if you watch boxing or anything like that these days, all the the, the guy the people working the corners are all wearing gloves. Well, I guess uh, they didn't get the memo. No. <laughs> well, guys, did you have any other tidbits or pieces for this particular minute? I have a couple that aren't specific to this minute necessarily, but one of them is a few times over the course of the show, we've gone through other fictional characters that have similar names to our characters in our movie. We've talked about other fictional snakes and dukes and things like that. And I realize we haven't done uh, Brain yet, Molly. Oh. oh, I, I came up with a list here of other fictional brains. And the problem is I could only think of two characters with the name brain brain from pinky in the brain and then yeah. brainiac the superman villain mm. so i decided instead to think of other actual brains that you see in pop culture uh so um here's what i came up with we have from robocop 2 there is a villain that you see him in a tank of fluid and it's just a brain and two eyes and a spinal column and it's really gross <laughs> uh, we have in Futurama there's these uh, a planet of like flying brains that, that can control your mind uh, of course Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom the chilled monkey brains that they're offered for dessert mm. speaking of monkey brains if anyone remembers the old quote unquote real movie of death things faces of death mm -hmm. uh, there's oh. a scene where they supposedly beat a monkey to death and then open its head and eat its brain uh, there's the Krang from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a brain with a face and arms, which is kind of <laughs> creepy. Uh, Dr. Sun, a Marvel Comics character, a villain who's a brain in a robot, but for some reason he wears his brain in a glass jar on top so the brain's easily exposed. That makes no sense. <laughs> <at all. laughs> uh, that, that sounds like a, a failure of planning. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, of course, the movie Hannibal... When uh, Hannibal Lecter eats Ray Liotta's brain and feeds Ray Liotta his own brain, oh. that's, that's really disgusting. And the Saturday Night Live skit that spoofed that as well, where you went to a restaurant with everyone's brain hanging out. <laughs> uh, and finally, a show, an obscure show that I don't know how many people might know, but it's a big hit in our, in our household. The Aquabat Super Show has an, an episode where they have to save the brain of President Brain, and they have to deliver the brain to a, a robot brain man. <laughs> So I don't know if anyone else off the top of their head can think of 
brains by name or brains by actual brain. Yeah, brain brain name. I kind of went the same way you did in, in Pinky and the Brain. But there's also uh, the um, uh, the movie Man, The Man with Two Brains. Oh, the, yeah. The Steve yeah. Martin film. There's, there's plenty of brains. There's at least two yes. brains in that film. Um, and probably the uh, the most famous brain, uh, the, the that brain of um, of Abby Normal from Young Frankenstein. You've got ah, that. Ah, yes. So yeah, th- those were the 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 two movies I thought of that 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 in which brains feature prominently. Yes, and I guess any Frankenstein movie, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so my my other uh, item I wanted to bring up was uh, when I like to pull our guests' other shows into our show. So among Sean's many shows, he hosted Spinal Tap Minute previously. <laughs> then not a lot of brains. In that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you about one of the more brainless people in the movie. How do you think? As played by wonderfully by Fred Willard, how would Lieutenant Hoekstraten fare as the warden of Manhattan Prison? Ooh, yeah, Lieutenant Hoekstraten. Well, um, I could see him being pretty popular. <laughs> um, you know, we'd have the, you know, the once a month they'd have a mixer. He'd have a band come in, and you know, they'd let their hair down and play play a little rock and roll and and have a little dance. Sure. Um, <laughs> I could see that lasting for, um, yeah, all of maybe five minutes before they just tear him <laughs> apart. <laughs> or maybe they toughen him up. You know, maybe he's got, I mean, he is in the military, he is a lieutenant, which um, I'm not familiar with all the Air Force ranks, but I don't believe that's very high up. So, But he is a military man, so who knows, you know, that, that switch flips and he just turns into a killer. Uh, <laughs> So that that would be interesting to see, certainly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I see a lot of yeah, a lot of mixers, a lot of dancers, um, you know, dances kind of thing. Um, you know, maybe bring uh you know, maybe a prisoner swap. I don't know if um you know, Rhode Island or some other island has been turned into a prison and be like, Oh, well, they'll come over here, we'll go over there, we'll 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 dance together, it'll be fun. It'll be like uh, you know. I don't know if, it, if anyone, if you ever went to summer camp where there was like a boys camp and there would always be the girls camp would be the other side of the lake. And then in the middle of the summer, the two camps would get together for a dance. So maybe, yeah, maybe you could like set that up um, every <laughs> once in a while. It'd be, it'd be a nice treat. I think people would like it. <laughs> I'm cracking up because you referred to Rhode Island as an island. <laughs> I, For the record, I know Rhode Island is not surrounded by water. It's an island in <laughs> I don't know, maybe like Martha's Vineyard. I'm, you know, it, there's just not a lot of islands, like named islands, or at least not a lot that I can think of on the East Coast that'd be close enough that you could do that kind of social mixer. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So uh, maybe Long Island is is a prison at this point as well. Rhode Island. Well, because else you got to think it's the the land. It, you know, the the island can't be too valuable. If right. you're going to turn it into a prison, you don't take someplace nice. Um, and at this point, you, you know, at this point, New York is or Manhattan's kind of run down. So we're like, yeah, we'll just burn the bridges and turn it into a, a prison. And like Rhode Island is is not very nice even now. So I could see I, I could still see that happening. Um, 
You can um, make it. They could dig a moat. They could make it an island. Be like, you, you've been calling yourself island for, for centuries now. We're going to make an honest uh, – we'll make an honest island out of you. Molly, check our demographics. See if this is the episode when our Rhode Island listenership plunges. Yeah. No. Uh, yes. Send, uh, send your emails to Sean German. <laughs> the, the opinions of Rhode Island voiced by the guests are not those of the host, the producer – or Escape from New York Minute. Honestly, I think I've been in Rhode Island once my entire <laughs> life. And I live on the East Coast. Well, isn't it pretty small? I mean, isn't it pretty easy to, to yes. miss? <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, yeah, Rhode it's, Island. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lovely state. I've been through it several times. I've, um, I've flown in and out of Providence Airport on multiple occasions. It's, it's a lovely place. Well, I mean, I the only thing I really I think know about Rhode Island <laughs> is about uh, the Departed. They talk about the mafia being in Providence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. Providence is one of those places where um, where like the mayor gets arrested and he gets reelected anyway. <laughs> <laughs> when they hey, if they like you, they like you. You know, through thick and thin, you give them oh. that. Like they will stick with you, good times and bad. Um, <laughs> oh, that's really nice. Yeah, there you go. Just put a positive spin on it. Yeah, I mean, you might be in the bathroom longer than it takes to drive through Rhode Island, but you know they're <laughs> there for you when you need them. It's cool. <laughs> exactly, they got your back. <laughs> Rhode Island, we got your back. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's on the license plate. I think it's a state. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, and this has been Rhode Island Minute. Rhode Island. <laughs> All right. So, so anything else? You got anything, Molly? No. Stories no, you want to share? No, no. I'm, I'm plumb out. That was it. I think oh we... crap! I'm, I'm the one doing the outro. Yeah, you yeah. are. <laughs> I was, I was like, waiting for Molly to outro. I completely forgot I'm doing the outro. No, it's okay. No, <laughs> okay. you, you yeah. usually intro on the first one, so I can totally see that. I was like, I don't know. We're all, we're all just going to take a minute here and really like soak in Rhode Island, and that's cool. <laughs> uh, okay, Sean. We've, we've teased your uh, prolific, your pro prolificness uh where where can people find you um well yeah so if you want to see any of that that stuff um probably go to one good place to go is cat and sean.org that's uh, c-a-t as in uh, as in cat and sean s-e-a-n.org and that has links to all my podcasts i did uh, uh spinal tap minute where we covered this is spinal tap with a uh, great co-host heidi bennett that um that Molly certainly knows well, and your listeners will know from from previous episodes. Uh, I also did uh, Groundhog Minute, where we covered Groundhog Day one minute at a time with uh, with a friend to all, Dave Palace, and I've got some other stuff going on. So uh, yeah, if you go to catandshawn.org, it'll have links to my podcast as well as other podcasts that I've um, that I've been a guest on. So yeah, right now, if you go to catandshawn.org, there will be a link to this episode, and you can listen to it again. Wow. Awesome. Sean will be with us all week. Uh, in the interim, chat about chat to us about Rhode Island. Go on to Facebook. Go to our, <laughs> our Brains Library, the Escape from New York Minute Hangout. Sean is active in that group. Oh, yeah. uh, we're on Twitter, NY Minute Pod. Uh, give us some ratings and reviews. Unless you're from Rhode Island, please don't lower our rankings with your one-star ratings. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, and so, until tomorrow, be on time, stay out of the sewers, and we'll meet you on the other side of the wall.